to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I realize right off the bat that most of you with a solid Lutheran background that have, uh, that's one of your favorite gospel passages that you've probably memorized back when you were a teenager and recited periodically. And Well, actually... It's kind of convoluted. It's a prayer of Jesus. And I've wondered at times who was there to take down notes. And I think that's one reason it sounds a little convoluted is that Jesus told his disciples what was really important, their relationship to him, their relationship to God through Jesus, and, of course, Jesus' relationship to God the Father, But essentially, all of this took place because long before that time, Jesus had been consecrated to God. At first, it happened when he was not very old at all and went to the temple. And you all know the story about how two very devout believers had come to bless him in the temple. Later on, as an adult, he went to the Jordan River, where a lot of people were getting baptized. It was called a baptism of repentance. And repentance, most of us think of repentance as saying, I'm sorry, I was naughty, or maybe even wicked. And I regret it, and I I apologize. That's that's the sense that we have of, of repentance. But repentance really means, the translation of it, has to do with turning around, changing direction. Kind of like when you miss your turn off with your GPS and it starts to refigure out which way you can go. You know, you make it, make a U-turn up here or you turn left and go around the block or whatnot. Any of you with GPS knows what that's all about, especially driving through Houston. Yeah, that wonderful city with that people get lost in. Well, we get lost as humans, too. And we don't have a moral GPS. What we have is God's Holy Spirit that helps get us right on track again. So that's what repentance is about, is getting on the right track, going in the right direction, so that we'll be blessed. Now, another preconception that people have of God is that if you mess up, he'll get kind of annoyed, kind of like when you were in junior high school, I'm thinking in terms of the graduates like Brennan, who will move on to other venues. But one thing that I did not want to have to do was to be sent to the vice principal's office. I would love to ask how many of you have had that wonderful experience in your life, but I won't do that right now. You can come, you can make an appointment and tell me about it later. 
vice principal's office. I think in the Catholic Church, that's what we call confession. You have to go and acknowledge where you've messed up. And in return, you get blessed and forgiven. Consecration is a particularly important word because, well, if you look it up on the Internet, you'll find one translation is it's a solemn dedication to a special purpose or service, which is usually religious. And the word consecration literally means to associate with the sacred. Those are words we don't normally throw around a lot in the middle of the week. Consecration, holiness, sacredness. I'm sure many of you that that uh, worked in the school system, when you go on your, your faculty breaks and gather in the break room or faculty room, is there such a place? You You inevitably talk about holiness and forgiveness. And isn't that right, Julie? Julie? Isn't that what you do a lot? We do, of course. (laughs) Anyway, that's that's, um, consecration. I brought that up today because that's what Jesus was doing. He was consecrating. He was making holy his disciples. They were going to have to carry on without him. He was getting ready to depart this world. His job was done. Just like Brennan's job at Huntington High School is done, and he's moving on, but his influence will remain. So the disciples would carry on Jesus' work in this world. They needed to be consecrated. They needed to be made holy. Today, little Charles Michael III is consecrated. He enters into the sacredness of, of holy baptism. And his destiny is shaped by the love of God and the Holy Spirit, which is part of baptism. Some of us found our destiny... Well, let me rephrase that. Um, Many of you have had a career that you felt drawn to for one reason or another. Maybe it was education and it was the interest that you had in that particular field. Or maybe you had a sense that maybe God was shaping your life, your, your adventures, your experiences in a way that made sense in light of a particular career, particular calling. Some of you were here when I was officially installed as pastor of Angel of Joy Lutheran Church and remembered that there was a lady pastor that came from upstate New York. I knew Diane because she and I went to the same church when we were in high school. We were in the Luther League together. We went to retreats together. And ultimately, we ended up as Lutheran pastors. Not together, actually quite a long distance apart, but we felt the same calling in different ways. I'd share that with you now because it had to do with the story of her brother David. David was 
the dream of Diane's parents. They wanted a son in the worst way. They wanted a son who would carry on the family name. They wanted a son that would carry on the family devotion to God. They wanted a child, and they had a child, and her name was Barbara. Well, they thought, she's a delight. We'll love the the dickens out of her, but we still want a son. And this time around, they prayed even harder and said, Lord, we will raise our children to be good Christians. They'll be faithful to you. Please give us a son. And in the course of time, Gordon and Evelyn had another baby, and that was Diane. And there was some angst, some weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. But they didn't give up. And this time they read something in the Old Testament. And they found something that made sense. And so they vowed to God. They said, if you will give us a son, we will dedicate him to your service. He will be a pastor. He will be a Lutheran pastor. And he will carry on your work just like the disciples did. And this time, Evelyn gave birth to a little boy named David. I was not there when he was born, but I was there when he was a young boy. And I remember that although they loved their daughters, they adored their son. And he was the apple of their eye. And as time went by, it became clear that they were grooming him to be a pastor. If there was a a youth event, he went, whether he wanted to or not. If there was a Sunday school class, he would sit front row center. If everything was geared toward David becoming a pastor. Well, as it turned out, Diane wanted to be a pastor too. And in those days in the Lutheran church, the old American Lutheran church, women could not be pastors. In the 1970s, that happened. It was discovered or decided in the upper echelons of the Lutheran Church that God was free to choose whomever God wanted to be a pastor, whether it was a young man or a young woman. Didn't even be wasn't even age related. Whoever God wanted to have go to seminary and be a pastor, God could do it. Didn't have to obey any Lutheran rules. And so the rules changed. But Diane still was breaking into a new field. She went to seminary, and I lost touch with her, and she lost touch with me. And some years later, we came to discover that we were both Lutheran pastors. But while I was still in seminary preparing to be a pastor, that's Lutheran graduate school, One day when I was a senior, I happened to see a list of the new students that they had on campus. And in seminary, grad school, the first-year students are called juniors, and then middlers, then interns, and then seniors. Well, in the new middler class, or junior class, uh, there was someone named David Miner. And I thought, huh, I wonder if that's the one the holy boy that was being groomed to be a pastor way back all those years ago. 
So I looked him up, and by golly, he was the spitting image of his dad, Gordon, and it was him. And I guess all those years he had gone to do something else, although his parents had consecrated him, dedicated him to being a pastor, he'd, he said, I wasn't part of that decision-making, and I want to do something else. And he did, but his parents never forgot their vow, and they hounded him until he finally made a deal that I'm going to go to seminary, and you'll back off. And if I like it, and if I feel that God is the one that's behind all of this, that this is what my destiny is to be a Lutheran pastor, then so be it. But if at any point I decide that it's not what I'm being called to be, then that'll be the end of it, and you will continue to back off and let me alone. He was a pretty practical fella. And I remember the day that I decided to, to go down to the trailer court where, where he and his wife were living and invite them up to, it was just like a month into the year, and invite them up to dinner at, at our place. And I did, and I got to his trailer, and it was empty. It didn't take him long to discover that both he and God had other plans for his life, and he was happy about that. But as I said, I came to be the pastor of Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, and for my installation, Diane, his sister, who did answer the call and was consecrated and ordained and installed and carried on a very excellent ministry up north, she was here to share memories and to share her devotion to God. Consecration Today, who knows what little Michael's future is going to hold. But we do know that God is going to lovingly hold him in his arms. Because today he becomes a child of God, officially, in the record books. It's going to be there for all time. Actually, longer than that. Baptism, again, is making holy of a person and so we are privileged to be a part of that. I get to do the water, but it's really God who is doing the, the claiming and the blessing. The story of Jesus' baptism, as most of you recall, maybe all of you, is that when he was being baptized in the Jordan River, in a way that's not going to happen today, at least not to our senses, but is going to happen just the same. Way back then, the heavens open. You can look it up. And the voice of God said, This is my beloved Son. I'm so proud of Him. And the Holy Spirit came down, it says in the form of a dove or shape like a dove, and it alighted on Him. It's kind of like when you have a birthday, you get a birthday gift. When you get baptized, you get a baptism gift. And that gift is the Holy Spirit. And that means that however that Holy Spirit leads Michael in his lifetime, and however that Holy Spirit's relationship to him plays out, it's going to lead him in the way of holiness. Because in baptism, 
he's consecrated and made holy just as you and I that's what I wanted to share with you today something about consecration whatever the destiny is and and for all of us no matter how young or old we might be the destiny is still unfolding for us the future can be a great adventure and when that involves walking down the road with Jesus and being empowered by the Holy Spirit well I'm here to promise you exciting things are in store Thank God, and thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.